0: الحمد لله Rabbil Alameen والصلاة والسلام على أشرف الأنبياء والمرسلين سيدنا ونبينا محمد وعلى آله واصحابه وزوجه ومن تبعهم بأحسان إلى يوم الدين أما بعد One of Allah's attributes is النور nur Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala and I'm sure everyone can understand the literal meaning of the word "noor," light. In which way, Allah Subhanahu wa Taala is noor? Some people they took this very literally. That when Ayazubillah, just like malaika are created from noor, Allah Subhanahu wa Taala is noor in that way. But we cannot attribute anything to the existence of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that this is what he is physically. Just like Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is hakim, he is alim, he is, uh, is Rahim, is Raza, same way he is noor. Which simply means the source of every light, the source of noor. And the best way of understanding this noor will be through the eye of Quran al-Kareem, which is in Surah An-Nur, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Allahu Allah is the Noor, is the light of the heaven and the earth. <laughs> the example of his Noor is just like a niche in which there is a candle or a lamp. There is a shelf, they used to make the shelves inside the wall. So there is a shelf on which there is a candle. But this candle, Al Misbahu fi This candle is in light, is inside a glass. <laughs> this glass is so clean and shiny as if this glass by itself is a shining star. يُقَدُوا شَجَرَةٍ Now, this light, you know, when they used to put the candles on, they would, you would take a piece of cotton and place it in an oil, and then you burn the cotton, so through the oil, the oil will keep on burning, coming into the cotton, and it will keep on burning. So depending on how good the oil is, accordingly, you will be getting the light. If the oil is dirty, it's not good, then you will have a lot of smoke. And then every sometime, the light may go off. But let's change the word oil now into a gasoline. That there is gasoline and you put the candle into it and you put that uh, cola into it and you put the fire on. In no time, the whole thing will start burning and there will be a lot of fire there is it's clean. And then depending on how clean this gasoline is, accordingly it will burn. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, the candle is being lightened and the oil that has been used is from a very blessed tree. Zaytuna. That is the olive tree. La sharqiyya wa la A tree... That is neither in the east nor on the west, which means when the olive tree is somewhere in the middle where there is nothing that would prevent it from getting the sunlight throughout the day. If it is on one side, then maybe the sunlight comes to it certain hours on the day of the day. But if it is in the middle, as soon as the sun rises, this tree keeps on getting the sunlight. And it keeps on getting the sunlight until the sun would set. It's neither in the east nor in the west. It's in the middle so that it's always getting the light. Just to understand the full example, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is telling us, giving us the example of his noor, that you're using the best type of oil. When the olive tree is always being in that position where it keeps on getting the sunlight all the time, day and night. It takes years for it, before it will start giving the fruits. Now, once this tree will give the oil, the oil that will come out of this type of tree, it's very pure, just like we have different type of octanes in the and the gasoline that we buy So it's 87, 90 Or it keeps going higher And for racing cars They use some very high you know, So that the, the car will run faster So accordingly Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says That this is a type of oil And that is so clean And that is so flammable That <coughs> It looks like this oil is just about to catch to to the fire. Even if there is no fire around it. Which means it's so pure and clean as in different words we may see. It's so dangerous to keep it there without any, having any, paying any attention to it. That it could catch the fire at any time. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says this is the type of oil that has been used. You're getting very clean light. There is no bad smoke in it. And then, with such a clean light, it has been placed in that type of glass that was shining like a star. So the glass by itself was shining, and now there is light inside it. Imagine how much this glass would shine as the light would reflect on the glass. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, this is the example of the nur of Allah. As mufassirin have explained, that simply means that this is the example Of how the people of Iman get the noor of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala And benefit from the noor of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala This oil that is very flammable Is the example of a heart of a mu'min Mu'min's heart When it's pure and clean Depending on what type of oil is in there if the heart is pure and clean which means you are using the best type of oil this heart it's always about to just catch the nur just get the nur it's looking for that nur as soon as a nur will get close to it you don't have to keep on cleaning it you don't have to keep on working just on it just like putting a fire into wood you have to put a lot of effort So that the wood would catch the fire. But here, this is a very flammable oil that is just about to get the fire at any time. And it's almost as it's going to just start burning any time. Even if there is fire at a distance, it looks like this oil, it's going to just like gasoline. It it pulls the fire towards itself. It just is going to pull the fire and right away starts lighting up. This should be the situation when this is the uh, situation of a mu'min uh, of the heart of a mu'min when a mu'min purifies his heart, cleans his or her heart. Now this heart is always looking for the nur of Allah subhanahu wa taala, and therefore. The mu'min is towards a'malus salihah, good deeds. And he would like to get this noor of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. When a person sees something good even at a distance from the person, and it's hard to reach there, and it has to get hard to get there, it looks like this person would just like to get it. And this person is looking forward to do something good. And hidayah is pulling this person. And this person is pulling the hidayah towards, itself, and towards himself. And this is the heart of a mu'min that's always... Pulling the noor, pulling the noor towards itself. There are some heart that even when the noor gets in it, when it gets around it, it doesn't want to get the uh, the noor. If there is no room for that noor to get over there into that heart, this is how dirty that heart is. But when the oil is pure and clean, and this is the right oil that has been used, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is telling us that some of the hearts are like this, that they are very flammable which means they can all they are always running towards the noor and that noor of course is the noor of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mm-hmm. so Allahu nurus samawati wal ard the noor in the heaven and the earth is all from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala here we can very easily understand the ayah where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says ala bi tatma'innul qulub the peace of mind is in the remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the noor, is the light. Which means, through Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's hidayah and guidance, we get the nur in our lives. We get the nur in our heart. Now, there is always this is always a fact that darkness is a source of fear. And light takes away the fear. You walk in a very dark place, there will be a fear in the heart of this person. And I don't know what I'm going to be facing. I can't see anything around me. People are afraid to go to a new place in the darkness of the night. Yes, in the daylight, everyone is comfortable and I can see and I go, okay, that's fine. Even at a place where you know that there is nothing wrong, still when, there is, when it's dark, people are, have some fear there. So darkness is just brings fear into the heart. Allah Subhanahu wa Ta'ala is noor simply means there is no fear when a person gets to Allah Subhanahu wa Ta'ala when the person when the noor of iman gets into the heart now this person starts getting the peace of mind this is what Allah bi al qulub means that now you are getting the noor through the name of Allah Subhanahu wa Ta'ala you are getting noor into your heart and once this noor starts filling into the heart the fear starts going away and now the person starts feeling closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And now, gradually, as the person will get more and more and will see more and more light, he feels more and more comfortable with this deen, with the iman, with his amal, with practicing the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is noor. This is what noor means. That as this noor gets in, now the person keeps on getting the comfort in practicing in the deen of Allah now the person feels that there is nothing in this deen that I should be afraid of. This deen is not scary. This deen, in fact, is the source of peace because there is noor. And once the person sees this nur, is able to see the noor, then the person really sees the zulumat of the kufr. Now this person is able to see the zulumat and the darknesses that are out there. And especially whenever things that are pulling the person away from the name of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, away from the remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, away from the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the person is afraid to go that direction because those are zulumat. These are darknesses now for this person. For this person, all of these are darknesses. And here we can see that why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, again and again in Qur'an, gives us the example of kufr with people who are deaf, dumb, and blind. Because a person who cannot use these senses, he can walk walk into any place, makes no difference whether there is light or it's dark. This person is blind and you can't even warn the person and he will get into, keep on getting into hardships. He will be having accidents, he will be hitting himself, he will be falling because he can't even hear. He can't hear. And if he has a feeling about what he's going through, he can't even say his feelings. He can't even tell anyone. He can't share his feelings with anyone. So imagine a person being in that type of dark place. That is very dangerous. And that this person doesn't know anything about it. He's blind. He can't see nothing. This person, he cannot hear anyone. Or there is no one to talk to him. There is no one who can tell him anything. And there is no one that this person can share his thoughts with. So this person will be always just... He will be just heading himself here and there. He will be bumping into the walls. He will be getting into very dangerous situations. So, this is why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives the example of kufr and nifaq with these things, with that type of person. So when a person is away from the hidayah of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then this person cannot see the hidayah. He's just like a blind person. There is no difference for this person. There are a lot of people that cannot distinguish between the Deen and between the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and between the ibadah and between other things that they do to enjoy their lives There is see no difference in fact then they start enjoying the other things That is because this person does not have those eyes by which he can see the nur of the hidayah Once this nur will enter the heart now this person will be able to distinguish between haq and bati there was one of the scholars of islam he was very well known but at the same time he was totally illiterate. This person never studied from any teacher. Allah Subhanahu wa ta'ala blessed him with a hidayah and he was practicing the deen by hearing it he learned how to practice the deen. But the unique thing about this scholar was although he had not studied he had not memorized Quran he had not studied the hadith in depth but when they used to narrate any hadith to him, he would right away say that this is a hadith. If they would recite the ayah of Qur'an to him, right away he would tell them, This looks like this is the ayah of Quran. And if they would just sometimes people used to make up things and then read it to him as if they are reciting Quran or reciting reading hadith, and he would say, No, this is neither Quran nor Hadith. So people asked him, How do you figure these things out? So he says when you recite something to me, when I see the nur of it, the nur of Qur'an is totally different than the nur of hadith. And the nur of hadith says totally, I mean, hadith has its own nur. And anything else doesn't have that nur. And by that, I can say if this is Qur'an, this is hadith, or this is neither. So, this is nur. There is nur in each and every letter of Qur'an. There is nur in each and every ibadah that we perform in our deen. When a person takes the name of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, there is noor the, in, in, in these names of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So all of these things are nur. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is telling us that he is the nur. He is the source of every nur and every hidayah that a person gets. And in Akhirah, people will be able to see that nur of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. ardhu bi noori rabbiha. The whole world will be lightened with the noor of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Subhanallah, what a day that would be when the people of Iman will be seeing the noor of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with their own eyes. Of course, because at that time, Ruh will be the main thing. All the dealings will be with the Ruh. So just like at this time, our body is the main thing and physical eyes are controlling the spiritual eyes. At that time, it will be the opposite. And this is why people will be able to see the nur of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the source of every nur, especially when we talk about the nur of Hidayah, the Noor that is in the heart, the spiritual Noor, through which people are able to see the direction, through which people are able to distinguish between haq and Batil. And this is why Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa used to make this du'a. Allahumma ja'al fi ayni nurah. You Allah, bless me with Noor in my eyes. فِي Basari نُورًا In my eyesight. وَفِي Lisani نُورًا And place noor in my tongue. وَفِي قَلْبِي نُورًا And place noor in my heart. وَمِنْ أَمَامِي نُورًا وَمِنْ Khalfi نُورًا Noor نور in front of me, noor behind me. And wajalni نُورًا At the end, he said, and just make me noor. Which means, just put your noor all around me. So that I always see the noor. I always see the noor and I'm always attached to the noor of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Another attribute of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is Al-Hadi Al-Hadi means the one that guides people Or guides to the straight path The Hidayah of course Is in the control of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala And Allah has full control over the Hidayah The address is to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa O Muhammad, even you cannot guide whom you like. Allah guides whomever he likes. What does Hidayah mean? Literally, in Arabic language, Hidayah means... ...to put something on a path, on a direction. And because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala places each and every creature of his... ...on the right direction... This is why, and all the hidayah, right direction, right path can be seen only by the rahmah and the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is al-hadi subhanahu wa ta'ala. But hidayah does not only mean what we normally think of the direction and the path of seeing the, of doing the good deeds. Hidayah has many different levels to it. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, when Sayyidina Musa alayhi salatu wa salam was asked by Fir'aun about, who is your Lord? Who is your Rabb? And Sayyidina Musa alayhi salatu wa salam introduced Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in a very unique way. Very amazing way. Normally we don't even think about it. Musa alayhi salatu wa salam said to Fir'aun, رَبُّنَا الَّذِي أَعْطَى كُلَّ شَيْءٍ Our Lord is the one who gave everything its form, its shape, created everything. ثُمَّ Hada, Then guided it. Now look at the word. He gave everything its form and guided everything in this universe. Hidayah is not only for human beings Kulli shay Everything gets the guidance from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Without going into too many details of it Let me just give a few examples So we can understand this hidayah And how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given hidayah to everything To everything in this universe I'm sure we all know There are some birds In winter They leave this country And they travel miles And hundreds of miles Going away from this place Because they know the winter is about to approach us Before the start of the winter All of these birds They leave their country They leave their homeland They leave their places And they go away Then, after that season is over, then all of these birds start coming back to their homes. How come they don't decide to just live over there? No. And at the same time, as they have traveled hundreds of miles, hundreds of miles that they have traveled, they don't forget the direction to come back to their home. They make it back to their home and exactly, subhanallah, exactly to the very same point, very same tree, very same nest that he has left, he will come back to it. In fact, they tell us about the butterflies That Most of these butterflies have some type of sense that if one of these butterflies goes away and gets stuck somewhere where it cannot find its way. Or say for example, it came into the room and then you close the window, so this butterfly was stuck inside your room inside your house and cannot find a way of going back. So it sends some type of signal where the other butterflies that are out there they get the signal and they come looking for this one so that they can find a way to get this butterfly out of your home. So you would see that when there is a butterfly stuck inside the house then there will be some other ones that are outside of the window. And it's also very well known about the bees. They keep on traveling for miles and miles looking for flowers. And they keep on sitting on the flower, and they don't have to worry about coming back to the exact same locations. Because they can keep on traveling, and they travel for miles from flower to another flower. They leave early morning, Looking for these flowers and they go from garden to another garden and then when there are the places where there are a lot of gardens they travel miles and miles and at the end of the day this bee will come straight back to its place. It will not get lost. There is some sense over there. Hada. There is some guidance over there that shows this bee the path back to its home. In fact they were researching about some type, some of the fish that there are fish they I mean there are different types of fish that they can get back if you take them from a place of their birth after 5 years you place that fish back into that ocean and put it at the other corner of the ocean It will keep on smelling its path and will come back straight to its birthplace. It's well known about the salmon that no matter where it goes in the ocean, no matter how far it goes in the ocean, it always can find its place back into where it it came from. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, we see the hada, we see the hidayah of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala guided all of these things and really, Just look at the nest of a bird. How does it make this one? Where does it bring all the glue? If we really had to make something like this and put all of these sticks together with all the technology that we have, maybe a little difficult for us to build something like this. And here, it's building it. It's bringing the glue for it. Whatever that is, it puts everything together and seals it so nicely and perfectly That when these cheeks are in there, they don't get cold. No wind is hitting them. And they live in buffalo's winter. And their babies are still without feathers. And they protect them. Hada. We see the Hidayah everywhere. Not only this. Since Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, He gave everything its hidayah. A tree is growing and there is a stream of water flowing like some feet away from it. Amazingly, you will see that the roots of the tree starts going into that direction. What makes the root go into that direction of the water? أَعْطَى كُلَّ شَيْءٍ خَلْقَهُ ثُمَّ هدا. Who gave everything its shape, its form, created it, and then guided everything. We know that there are flowers that needs food. They survive with some external food that they get from outside. And therefore, these are the type of flowers that when... These small insects sit on the flower. The flower will close. Slowly it will just close. And then it will suck that whole insect. Get everything that it needs to get from it. And then it will open up again. And that dead animal is out. Then it's waiting to have another insect or a bee or anything like it. To come back and sit on it. And it's going to close again. And the sunflower keeps on getting, going, going into the direction of the sun. Everything got the Hidayah from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But this is the lowest level of this Hidayah. This is the lowest level of Hidayah. And unfortunately, most of the human beings are satisfied with this level of Hidayah. I feel that I have great achievements by knowing what are the sources of my food and I can work more on these sources. How can I build a better home? This is Hidayah. But this is the Hidayah that even bees have it. You look at the, uh, uh, at the ants and the way they store their food and everything, the way they transport the, their method of transportation, it's really amazing here we we don't get that much opportunity. I remember in our childhood, that was the most interesting time of the bathroom when you see the insects are having a whole chain and they're transporting their food from one corner to the other corner. And if it is heavy, we feel they don't speak. I'm sure many of us lived away from, lived in other countries. We have seen when the things are heavy, right away some signals are been sent over there and three, four of them will get together and they will pick it up. And by the time they get to certain distance, they will find another three, four standing, waiting for them to bring that Lord there and now they are going to give it to them, pass it on to them. And they keep on passing it on. They have a chain. And Wallahu alam, what do they do? You know, I, always, I noticed in the childhood when I used to see them, they go and they bump into each other. As there is a message that they have transferred in, 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 here right away, in, instant messaging system. And then they keep on going one to another, one to another. You see the whole chain is doing the same thing. But the point is, this type of hidayah, animals have it. And at this time, human beings are very proud of the very same thing. We are proud to just duplicate some of the things that animals are doing. And they have been doing it since they were created. We had to do a lot of research to find out these things. But when for human beings Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has a higher level of hidayah. And that is opening person's heart To see the truth and to be able to distinguish between truth and falsehood. This is a higher level of hidayah. But, still for a human being, this should be a very low level of hidayah that right now, his heart is only open to see and to be able to distinguish between right and wrong. Then, the next level of Hidayah comes, which we call it Tawfeeq. What does that mean? Now the person is able, as he was in the uh, in the previous level, he was able to distinguish between Haq and Batil, between truth and falsehood. Now for the person to have the Tawfeeq from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, to follow the Haq, to accept the Haq. There are a lot of people, Who know about this deen and about the... They may have more proofs to prove the truthfulness of deen than than all of us. But hidayah is not there. And the person does not accept it. The truth that he sees and he can prove. So for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to open the person's heart and then to allow the person to accept the hidayah. Once the person gets to that level of accepting it, then there are so many levels. In fact, there is no end to it. Now it depends on the person. How much hidayah does this person have? We all are at different levels of hidayah. And then, we keep on looking at these levels. We'll keep on getting higher and higher and higher and higher until Anbiya was was salam. And then, from amongst Anbiya Alimus you keep on looking at these levels, and you get to Muhammadur Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And we find even Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, till the last day of his life, he was making this dua, Ihdinas Sirat Al-Mustaqeem. Guide me to the straight path, which means he's looking for even a higher level. Why? Because Hidayah is now connection with Allah, as Allah is eternal. No end to the attributes of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. If we put an end to the hidayah, which means we are putting an end to the connection with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. How can we put an end to that? So according to the person's now willingness of following the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, accordingly he will keep on advancing in the levels of hidayah. And this person is getting higher and higher in the levels of hidayah. We all, alhamdulillah, to certain extent, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us the tawfiq of the hidayah. But we know that, all of us, all of us, we know about our souls, that we, go, we stop at certain level. This is enough for me. I don't want to become like this person. I don't want to, I don't have to be at that level. We stop at certain level of hidayah. I know that this is good, but I'm not ready to practice it. We stop ourselves at certain levels of hidayah. Rasulullah wasallam's way was, never stop. Keep on going further and keep on traveling as fast as you can in these levels of hidayah. In fact, the fastest journey a person can have in this world is in the path of the hidayah on this Surat al-Mustaqeem. This is the fastest year. No matter what type of means of transportation we have, and regardless of their speed, they will not get us anywhere as fast as the train of the hidayah, this ride of the hidayah. If a person really would like to travel on it, you know where it gets us to? Closeness to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And then keeps on getting us higher and higher and higher to the levels that are unimaginable for human beings. Human beings cannot imagine these levels of Hidayah that we can get, that that are open for me and they're open for you. They're open for all of us. If we start getting into it, if we devote ourselves to it, this is why we find that sometimes when we just spend a little bit of time, a little time, people, They take out sometime 10 days of the month of Ramadan. Now they find in 10 days they had so much and they had so many feelings and really so much change into my life. I would like to do this more and more and more. This is when we open our hearts for the hidayah. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala takes us so so fast in this uh, path of the hidayah that a person himself starts getting um, amazed that I never knew that I can go so fast. I never knew I can get that high. And this is what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran Karim, Wallnaden Zadahum Those who open themselves for the hidayah, who accept the hidayah, Zadahum Huda. Allah keeps on increasing their hidayah. So there is when we stop, which means now we have closed the doors of the hidayah for ourselves. When a person stops at a certain level, we are closing the doors for ourselves. The sign of continuously being on this path of Hidayah, which we call it Surat Al-Mustaqeem, is, zadahum Huda. That as you are on the Hidayah, Allah says, I will keep always keep on increasing your Hidayah. This Hidayah always keeps on increasing, and a person keeps on getting higher and higher, and further and further on this Surat Al-Mustaqeem. When we see that, no, we have stopped, we are at a very dangerous situation because now we have closed the doors of Hidayah for ourselves. The question comes sometime in people's mind, Hidayah is in Allah's control. We don't have no control over it. And this is why you hear some people say, oh, when Allah will give us the Hidayah inshallah, we'll do it. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us that rule also in Qur'an. Allah chooses whoever He likes, which means Nabuwa. Prophethood is not by hard work or by effort or by doing more good deeds. This is the choice of Allah. He chooses. So that we cannot have for sure because Nabuwa is Allah's selection, and that door now is closed. No more Nabuwa. The second thing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us in the very same ayah, وَيَهْدِي إِلَيْهِ مَنْ يُنِيبُ And he guides towards himself those who would repent to him. He told us the rule of the hidayah. He says, if you keep on having your own arrogance, not okay, when he wants, he will give it to me. You know, we never deal in that way with our dunya. That, okay, if uh, anyone wants, he will give me the money, I don't have to, I'm not going to go and work. And if Allah wants, he is the razzaq, he will give me this food at my home. If he sends me the food home, then I will t- take it and I will eat it. Otherwise, I'm not going to go and work for it because he is razzaq. So, you know, he is Hadi. But as we work for rizq, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala told us, we have to do something for hidayah also. And that is inaba. Inaba means repentance to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. If we close the door of repentance, the door of the Hidayah starts getting closed. Now we learn how easy it is. All we have to do is repent to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Develop the quality of repentance, turning to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Sometime that when we go back and we turn to Allah, we start praying to Allah. When we beg Allah, when we start asking Allah's forgiveness when we start shedding tears before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, inaba, we turn to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Normally, that feeling we see see in our souls. Not to talk about those who are totally deprived of the hidayah and from iman also. Even within our souls, we see that days and days go by and we have not repented to Allah. We did salah and never paid attention to it. And even sometime when when we are raising our hands in du'a. We don't even know who we're talking to. So that quality of repentance, inaba, is gone away. And if inaba is taken away, hidayah is gone. In order for us to open the door of the hidayah for ourselves, we need to do the inaba, which means repentance to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And for every person that is out there, that objects and that has questioned that, how Allah, Hidayah is in, in the hands of Allah. And if Allah wants, he can guide. tell the people, tell that person. Just like he go to work and he put so much effort in earning. Although Allah is, Allah is Razza, why don't you put a little bit effort in repenting to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and then see how Allah is going to open the doors of uh, Hidayah for you. He gave us that direction and he showed us the direction that if you accept this. But again... This is the second level of Hidayah that Allah shows us the path. He showed us the path. Now people don't want to accept it. So of course, they are deprived of the Hidayah. Another name of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is Al-Badi'ah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Badi'ah means the originator of everything. Bada in Arabic language means to establish something new, to invent something. Invention. Is bid'ah. This is why bida is called bid'ah. That it's an invention in Deen. You are bringing something new, introducing something new in Deen that was not in Deen. So, al badi subhanahu wa taala means that Allah subhanahu wa taala is the one who invented everything. Simply means He created everything without having any examples to it. There was nothing like this world before. He just created this universe. So, he did not need to have a drawing to have some examples of how to make it. No. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala just makes it. And in fact, another amazing part in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala being al Badiya subhanahu wa ta'ala is something so unique. In this world, still we have people who say, we invented this. People, the first person who made the aeroplane, he says, I invented it. He doesn't tell us that he looked at the bird and he thought about it. And we looked at our horses and other things and then we thought about having a ride. So, everything that we are making really, it's our research and finding out. And then we are putting things together that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had already created. Now, we invented this new medicine. No invention there. It's only finding out, after some research, finding out the effect of some of these herbs, effect of some of these trees, effects of some of these animals, and the food or the meat, or the flesh, or the skin, or the hair of the animal. This animal was there always. Always had been there for thousands of years. And we found something that was in there, and then we put it together, and we came up with that medicine. It was an invention. It was only our research that found out, that we found out if we put these things together, this is what we are going to get out of it. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is al-badi'ah subhanahu wa ta'ala, who invented everything which means there was nothing like it before. There was nothing like it before. And then subhanallah, when it comes to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, not only that he invented everything where there was nothing like it, he made everything without using any tools. For us, we need to have tools first. He invented everything without having any tool, without using any tool. Not only this, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala invented everything without having any previous examples of those things without having any tools and without using any material that was already in existence. Amruhu <laughs> Ida Arada Shayan Kun Fayakun He says be in it is Where was this material that is used in this universe in this world? All the dirt and all the everything that is uh, used in Building this universe. Where was all of this material before? Before this universe came into existence. Kun So, he invented it. He made it, subhanahu wa ta'ala, made it without using any tools. And he made it without using any material that existed. B, it is there. And a lot of things really are taking place in the same format. It's only as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us in Qur'an al-Kareem that a mu'min sees the reality that the doer is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and a kafir gets stuck with the material. And he feels because of this material, this thing came into existence. For example, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us in Surah al waqiah who is the one who has put this tree, this fire up for you? When the fire comes up, where was this fire before? You just put it up. You say that I have put two materials together and that turned into fire. But where was this fire before? So, everything that is in existence, we look at human beings and we say we attribute that, okay, because it came out from that drop. Is it true? In reality, That drop had no power of making a human being. It's Allah's power that's behind it. If that power of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala was not behind it, this perfect human being will not come out of that. And then so much perfection in the creation of human being. This human being that stands on two feet, and then balances himself, and he runs, and he does so many things, and he carries so much weight, and he does not fall. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created us in... Uh, he created everything in that such a uh, way that al badia subhanahu wa ta'ala, you see the examples of his invention everywhere. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created everything and really the material that we see being used in making these things, this is only to keep the disbeliever's sight away from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So that there is distinction between the people of iman and the people who do not have iman. When a person looks at this tasty fruit on the tree, and the tree is full of oranges, of apples, of mangoes, and you look at it, and then we attribute that to dirt, that all of this came from that water and the dirt, and the fertilizer that I have put down there. Does that water and dirt and fertilizer really had the power of bringing this such beautiful and so many... Nice looking and then tasty and with that fragrance and that nice smelling fruits. Never. So it's really Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who is the doer of these things. So the khalq creating and then keep on making things without really having the real material for it. It's only Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's work. So no drawings. No previous examples of having something similar to it, no tools, no material. Kun fa'yakun. This is what kun fayakun means. He says be and it is there. That's it. And really he doesn't even have to say be and it's there. He wants it and it's there. But that's only for us to understand that this is how simple it is for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that He says be and it is there. Another attribute of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is al-baqi subhanahu wa ta'ala. Al-baqi is from baqa, which means the one that exists. Normally we use the word baqi, which means, you know, I, I spent, I had $100 and I spent $90, so 10 are left. This is baqi. How much is baqi? We said 10 is baqi. So 10 is left. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us, in reality, whatever you see around you, that is not baqi either. Because everything is going to go away. The real baqa, the real existence is only for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We look at ourselves. We had so many abilities. Gradually, although we are still living, our abilities are going away. Most of us may say at this time that some years ago, my memory was so good, I lost it. So there is no baqa. This human being either is getting something or losing something. And when you can add things to it, simply means this cannot last forever because if it can be added, then it can be subtracted also. If you can add something to it, if I can get that, no, I'm only gaining, 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 simply means you can lose it too because this is not what you are, that you are always the same. So your abilities, your strength, whatever you have, it can increase and it can decrease. So there is no baqa for human being. There is a beautiful poem in Arabic language that a poet said it. When the Muslims lost Spain. So he says, لِكُلِّ شَيْءٍ إِذَا مَا تَمَّ نُقْصَانُ Everything, when it gets to its perfection, when everything, when anything is perfected, and it gets to its peak, then it starts breaking down. And same thing with all of us. At certain age, we are to the peak of our strength and abilities and everything. Then gradually, you see that, the people are now we start losing our eyesight. Now we are, the skin is getting bumpy. And people are worried now. And my look doesn't get the same anymore. Now the hair is losing the color. And in fact, nowadays before it loses the color, you lose the hair also. So, this is the reality. There is no baqa for anything in this world. Everything that we see around us, it's towards destruction. It's going away. The real baqa is only for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The real existence is only for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us that is the Qur'an. Jalali wal Ikram." Everything is going to be destroyed. Everything is going to go away. The only thing that will be left is the existence of Allah Subhanahu wa Ta'ala. Kullu shay'in halikun illa wajha. Everything will be destroyed, it will go away with the exception of the existence of Allah Subhanahu wa Ta'ala. So Allah Subhanahu wa Ta'ala is Al-Baqi Subhanahu wa Ta'ala. There is no other Baqi. There is no one else. There are a lot of rulers in the world that tried for their baqa, they tried to live longer. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us in Qur'an that there are people يودوا أَحَدُهُمْ لَوْ أَلْفَ سَنَةِ They wish to live for a thousand years. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave a very amazing answer to this. He says, I'm not saying, a person like us would say, no, you can never live a thousand years and you'll never have that type of age. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala takes it from a totally different perspective. And that is, Okay, say I give you a thousand years of age. You live thousand years. What's after that? Thousand years simply are telling us this person is going to go away. Whether it's after hundred years or thousand years, it makes no difference. The bottom line is the person is going away. So, this is and this is why Rasulullah in the hadith encouraged us again and again he says if you really would like to live a comfortable life and he says i came into this world so that i can show you the way of living comfortably not for a short period forever and that is look for the comfort of the akhirah because that is everlasting and keep on working work little hard over here you may be sweating over here you may be sacrificing over here but all of this will give you the real comfort, and that is the comfort of akhirah. He says, normally I see everyone, what everyone is doing is that you're trying to get a little comfort over here, then you will be suffering forever. And I can't see you going through this. And this is the Baqa. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is Al-Baqi, and He wants us to work towards the Baqa, towards everlasting life. And that is by working for akhirah. Another attribute of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is Al-Warith. Warith inheritor. And viratha, we always use the word that the person who wouldn't hurt someone. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is al-warith means that whatever we have, we are all we all are going to lose it. It all goes back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And finally, we all will leave and everything will go back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is also indicating towards the baqa of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and at the same time, it's reminding, this attribute of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala reminds us that whatever we have is for a very short time and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is warith. Inna We will inherit this earth and whoever is on this earth. So, Everything will go back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is what it means. That we earn. We work so hard. And this person who have gathered millions. And he had 10, 15 homes, bungalows, businesses. Whatever he has. At the end, this person is not going to take these things with him. His relatives are going to take over. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Whatever you have is for a very short time. And at the end, is going to come back to me. So why not? Preserve these things with me. Rasulullah sallallahu wasallam went to his home. And that day they had sacrif—they uh, had slaughtered a goat. Subhanallah. We know in their hadith, they hardly used to get meat. And sometimes, as Aisha radiallahu anha says, two months would go by and we would not have, not only meat, nothing, nothing. To prepare in our home, no fire has been put on into our home because there is nothing to cook. It's only date and water. Two months continuously. Date and water every day. Now, that type of family, one day, they get a goat. SubhanAllah, imagine what I eat. They get a goat. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa he passes on the meat of the whole goat to his wife Aisha radiyallahu He goes out for his work, whatever he had to do. Later on, he comes back and he asked Aisha, "What happened to the meat?" Aisha radiyallahu said, "The whole thing is gone. We only have now one leg of it." Simply means, she had given everything as sadaqat. In that family, in that type of household, people would think that we needed the most. But here, she gave away everything because she had the permission from Rasulullah wasallam. Not only permission, she knew this is what would please Rasulullah wasallam. So she says, everything is gone away except with one leg. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi response to this would be, was that the whole goat is left with the exception of that leg. The whole goat is left. You're saying that everything is gone. And the only thing that is left is the leg. I'm saying that the whole goat is left and except with the, this leg, this leg is gone. And that is because we are getting this whole goat from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because this is Baqi. We gave it to Al-Baqi subhanahu wa ta'ala. So it's going to remain forever. We will get it up there. And the reward of it is everlasting. And as far as this leg. We will eat it. We will eat the meat of it. And it's going to finish. That's it. There is no Baqa to this leg. It's not going to remain. Everything else will remain forever. This is why. We find Rasulullah tells us. That when you love something. Then put it at the right place so that it's preserved for you. لَن تَنَالُوا الْبِرَّ حَتَّى تُنْفِقُوا مِمَّا تُحِبُّونَ You will not achieve albir, that high level of reward until you get to the habit of spending of of what you love. Which means, giving it to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It's preserved forever. It's not that in Jannah, I'm going to get only one lamb for one lamb here. No. Once the person have earned the reward of it, it's everlasting. And the person in Jannah will keep on getting the reward for that because of that good deed that he has performed in this life. So these good deeds that we perform, they are the real baqais for them. This is why we find that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us in Quran, tu salihat. Now we can understand the word here, the ayah. The good deeds that would remain forever. خَيْرٌ عِنْدَ They are better in the sight of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for earning the reward. So whatever we do here, it goes away. But if we preserve the good deeds, which means we do good deeds, we keep on sending these type of things for our akhirah, they are baqiyat. They remain forever. And the person will never lose the reward of those things. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is al baqi That is always there, and there is no end to the existence of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Everything else is going to uh, uh, end. Another attribute of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is ar-rashid. Subhanahu wa ta'ala. Ar-rashid, the one who guides to the straight path. As we were talking about the levels of hidayah, this is the higher level of hidayah, which is called rushd. Rushd means giving the person... The Tawfeeq, the ability of accepting the Hidayah. This is what Rishd means. لا في الدين قد تبين الرشد من There is no compulsion in Deen because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala have made the rush to which, which means the straight path. He made it very clear from all the other directions of the life. So Hidayah and Dalal. And rushd and Ghayy, which means these things that are opposite of each other, They're very clear now in the light of Qur'an and the Hadith of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala is a rashid Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala, which means He is the only one that opens the doors of the guidance and the Hidayah. We should always ask Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala for Tawfiq. And this really reminds us that when a person is able to do something good in his life, we should never get proud of ourselves and instead getting arrogant that I'm this, I did this, and I learned this, I became Hafiz, I became a scholar, I performed these many rak'ahs, I built a masjid, I did this. No, this is Rishd. This is from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Guidance is only from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We should be thankful to Allah that he opened the doors of Hidayah and Rishd for us, and we keep on praying to him that he keeps on opening those doors for us. Because we see people, they do a lot. And when this door of Rishd and guidance closes for them, the person is a very high level. All of a sudden, you see the person coming back down. So we should always ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for rushd. And that is to always keep on opening the doors of the hidayah for us. This, as I said, this is called tawfiq. That we, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, we keep on praying that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala always keep on giving us the tawfiq, opening the doors for us, that we accept the hidayah, we always accept the hidayah. Allah subhanahu wa taala in Surah Al Kahf tells us, يضلل, If Allah decides that someone is going to be misguided, "Falan tajida lahu waliyam murshida." You can never find a helper that can guide him to the straight path anymore. "Waliyan" "Wali" ولي means helper. "Murshida" this is from Rasheed. That someone who can show him the straight path, who can guide him to the straight path. No helper in this dunya can open that door for this person anymore that's it no helper in this dunya can do it if the door of the hidayah has been closed another attribute of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is as-sabur subhanahu wa ta'ala as we can see it's driven from the word sabr which means patient and sometime really if you look at it it makes you wonder so much wrongdoing happening in the world and going places at different places in all different types of deeds a'mal that are forbidden by Allah. We get upset when we see these things happening there, and you feel something needs to happen about it, something must happen now. And we all a lot of time we start predicting, predicting adab is about to come, but we see a sabur subhanahu wa ta'ala who sees more than what we see. And still, he does not destroy these people, these nations right away. This is the sabr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Which means he does not react to these things. It's not that out of reaction he would destroy a nation. No, he keeps on giving them a chance. Who knows, sometime they will come back. And this attribute of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala teaches us that we should always have sabr with others. As we keep on doing so much wrong and Allah does not just punish us right away, we should always have sabr with others. When people are doing wrong to us, have sabr. It has been narrated that Hatim al-Asam, <laughs> rahmatullahi alayhi, went to visit Imam Ahmad bin Hanbal, rahmatullahi alayhi. So he went to visit Imam Ahmad bin Hanbal Rahmatullahi alayh Imam Ahmad asked him, Hatim, what is the way of protecting yourself from people's hardships? You will always find someone who wants to do something against you. Someone wants to hurt you. Someone talks against you. What is the way of protecting yourself from people so that people won't hurt you anymore? You stay away from that. Hatim al Asum rahmatullahi he says to Imam Ahmad bin Hanbal, if you do three things, inshallah you will be saved and protected. So he said, What are those? Hatim says, The first thing is always give people, have, get into the habit of giving people and don't take anything from them. Get into the habit of giving. But don't take nothing from people. Imam Ahmad said, it's not easy, but okay. What's the second one? He said, the second one is, fulfill people's rights, fulfill people's rights, and never expect them to fulfill your rights. Don't have that expectation. Fulfill their rights, and forget about your rights. Never even have the expectation that they will fulfill your rights bin rahmatullahi It's difficult. Okay. What's the third one? Hatim The third one is that when people are trying to hurt you, have sabr and never hurt anyone intentionally. So don't hurt anyone. And if people hurt you, you have sabr. Imam Ahmad bin Hanbal rahmatullahi alayhi said these things they could be very beneficial but i know they are very hard Hatim al-Asam rahmatullahi alayhi, said after practicing these things if it's still after doing all of these going through all of these things if people will leave you alone you will be a lucky person so صبر it's really the key for us And imagine if at that time, this is the conversation going on between these two great scholars, what will be the situation now? So sabr is extremely important that when people are trying to hurt us, when people are trying to do wrong to us, we should always forgive and just have sabr. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us these qualities and may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless us to have this connection with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, with the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. May Allah open our hearts to accept the hidayah. Hmm. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala open our hearts to see the nur of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the nur of the hidayah, the nur of Qur'an, the nur of iman. Aqonu qawli hadha, wa astaghfirullaha liwalakum, wal muslimat, wa da'wana, alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen.